Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine. So glad that you are watching, all three of you. No. And also listening. I know there's a lot listening on WLPV 107.9. So thankful that you're doing that. Today here is Palm Sunday. Uh, we remember when the Lord came into Jerusalem, and uh, it's recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be uh, looking at uh, John's version today, John chapter 12. Reading from verse 12, and the heading here is Triumphant Entry. Hear the word of the Lord. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. May the Lord give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are thankful again to be here. Thank you for another day, which is a gift. We are so blessed especially because uh, you have blessed us with uh, revealing yourself to us, calling us, choosing us to be part of your kingdom, giving us the faith to believe because of your grace. We are saved through faith and that not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, so no one can boast or take credit. We give you the praise and the credit. So Lord, give us understanding of this message this morning which is familiar to most of us and may it bear fruit in our lives in Jesus name amen so the title of this message is Jesus enters Jerusalem Jesus enters Jerusalem on the Sunday before the last week Jesus life on earth there were more crowds than ever gathered 
in Jerusalem mainly to celebrate the feast or the Jewish Passover where the Jews remember uh, when they came through the Red Sea and escaped bondage in Egypt and Jews today remember that as well and the place was absolutely packed Jerusalem Jews coming from all over the world the then known world to come to the holy city to celebrate the feast but also to wait, await the uh, miracle worker called Jesus Christ. And when Jesus finally rode into town, it was similar to like a ticker tape parade or um, a St. Patrick's Day parade. You've been to those kind of parades with thousands and thousands of people that are cheering. Many people had seen the miracles that Jesus had done and the power that he had demonstrated for the past three and a half years of his earthly ministry, having been baptized by John, his cousin, in the Jordan River. Now, some people in the crowd probably had even been healed by him because he healed many people or that they knew somebody who he had healed. So because of that, and many came to faith in Christ, many people had genuine love for him because of those reasons. While others were there simply because of what they had seen him do, the miraculous signs and wonders, hoping to see more miraculous signs and wonders. Uh, one example is when he fed the 5,000 men. That's not mentioning all the women and children that were there. That's just one example. When he fed the 5,000 at one time, 4,000 at another time. Would he do it again? Would he perform more? Would he heal more? People were hoping, some of them hoping that he would. But, you know, they didn't really want him for the message that he preached, which was repentance, repentance, turning from their sin to him, the Savior. And it's just like today, majority of people don't want to hear that message. But thank God that those that do and have and received that message are saved, and uh, it's the best thing that could ever happen to any person. Others were there to hear his uh, radical teaching. I remember, uh, was it Stephen Stills? He said uh, Jesus was probably the first great revolutionary. Well, people had never heard anyone speak like this man, Jesus, before. Nobody ever did, and nobody ever will. He was different, very, very different. And people were drawn to him. People like to hear someone who's different. People are usually attracted to the unusual. That's why they have these, uh, in the old days anyway, not so much today, these freak shows, these people with abnormalities that you'd pay money in to see. Uh, one of them being a man from my home city back in the 19th century, the Elephant Man. Remember him? 
Well, you weren't there, so you don't remember him, but you've probably heard of him, John Merrick. He was from my home city, Leicester. And uh, people are attracted to the unusual. And Jesus was very unusual. That first Palm Sunday was a day of great excitement and joy for everyone for different reasons. But for Jesus, it was a day of disappointment and sadness because he knew that his fellow countrymen would reject him just one week later and he would have to go to the cross and die for the very people that rejected him, that were at this time on Palm Sunday cheering for him. All through his life and public ministry, Jesus had proven over and over again who he said he was, the chosen one of Israel, the Messiah, who fulfilled all the prophecies, even the one that we read in verse 15, taken from the book of uh, Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9. Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Of course, there were other people there that didn't believe him. Majority didn't. There were some there that did believe him, but the majority, the vast majority, especially the religious rulers of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, hardened their hearts and refused to believe who he said he was. Even the miraculous signs that he did, it wasn't enough for them because the Jews require a sign. But the, seek, the Greeks seek after wisdom and he showed them enough signs to prove who he said he was, the Messiah. But they still hardened their hearts and rejected him and plotted to have him murdered in one way or another, by hook or by crook. And when he came riding on a donkey from the Mount of Olives, there was no doubt as to what he was doing. He was showing, he was proclaiming that he was fulfilling that prophecy in Zechariah. That he, he, he was indeed the Messiah that Israel had been waiting for for so long, and they're still waiting for him. But he's been... And he's gone, but he's coming again. He's coming again. He hasn't forgot Israel. And many people, many Jews, will recognize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and be saved. Of course, many won't as well, because they have a free will. At this great parade, the multitudes were all shouting and lifting up their voices in praise to the Lord, thinking that they knew the meaning of what he was doing. That he had come, not to save them, but to deliver Israel from the bondage of Roman servitude. 
Therefore they cheered him on even more, believing this son of Israel would set up his kingdom in Jerusalem and defeat their enemies. One day he will. He is coming back. And he will set up his kingdom. But not at that time. He had to go to the cross first. One day he will come back and set up his rule. He will rule and reign in Jerusalem for a thousand years, the millennial kingdom. But as we know, even though they were cheering, thinking he was going to be the great new political leader, one week later, just one week, the same people that cheered him on would jeer, not cheer, the Lord of glory. The arrival of Jesus that day in Jerusalem provoked many of his enemies to the sin of jealousy. We're talking about the religious leaders. They were so jealous because the people, many people turned to Jesus instead of them. So much so, these religious leaders, they began to plot earnestly to have Jesus put to death, one way or another. But what all the people in the crowd missed, the main reason why Jesus came into Jerusalem was to fulfill his destiny. To fulfill his destiny. And that was to go to the cross. To go to the cross. And just like the crowds back then, there are many people today who enjoy hearing about Jesus, the stories about Jesus, the miracles that Jesus did. But many people miss the fact that the salvation of their souls does not come through doing good deeds or singing hymns or attending church, or anything else. Their good deeds, they think their good deeds are going to outweigh their bad deeds, and God's going to weigh up thinking that their good deeds is going to be enough to get them into heaven, and he's going to disregard the bad deeds that they've done. All have sinned and come short the glory of God. So we're all lost until we get saved. And the only way you can be saved is by receiving Jesus Christ, who is the only Savior. That's what his name means. Jesus means Savior. And there's only one. Amen? There's only one. You know, going to church, singing hymns, doing good deeds, they're all good things. They're all good things. But eternal life can only come through having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. My, my question to you is, do you? And if you don't, then you're not saved. You're lost. You're still lost. So you need to be saved. You need to be saved. You know, the first time that Jesus came, he just didn't come to cure people's illnesses, which he did many, many times over. He even raised people from the dead. 
He didn't just come to feed them with food, which he did, to mention the 5,000 men and women and children, another time 4,000 men, because they were hungry and he had compassion upon them. They knew, they knew they wouldn't have a potluck afterwards, so, you know, it was time to, you know, they were hungry. Got the munchies. He didn't just come to bless them. And he just didn't come to teach them or to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies, which he did. He did all those things. His sole purpose for coming was to die on that cross for the sins of everyone who's ever been born. That was his sole purpose. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So if you're not saved, then you're still lost. But Jesus is seeking those that will believe in him. Seek and you shall find. And you will. You'll find the way. Jesus is the way. Amen? Only Jesus is the savior of the world. And everybody who's ever been born. It's not through Buddha. It's not through Krishna. It's not through Muhammad. They are mere men. Jesus is God. There's only one savior. And his name is Jesus. Until you know that and have a personal relationship with him, you don't know him at all. But you can. You can know him. You can. If you're willing to believe by faith what he did for you on the cross. Do you? Do you? The people that day in Jerusalem shouted, it was a, a racket, unbelievable. I wish I'd have been there. They rejoiced at his entrance, but they didn't really understand the whole story like we do today. But those of us that know him, because we've received him, know that there is good reason to shout and to praise his holy name. You ever get down in the dumps? Then shout and praise his holy name. Take your mind off your problems. Amen? And we have many. We know he's the only one that's worthy of all the honor and praise for what he's done for us personally. If you were the only person on earth that day, you would have still gone to the cross to save you. And there's great rejoicing in heaven when one person repents amongst the angels. When you got saved, there was great rejoicing in heaven. And one day we're going to be there and we're going to see what they're like. And we're going to come face to face and see what Jesus really looks like. Amazing love that God the Father should send his only begotten son to die for us personally. I mean, that's amazing love. That is amazing love. To die for sinners, 
at one time, blasphemed his name, and yet he knew that we would be saved one day and not be cast off. Now, whether people know it or not, Jesus is God. He is the same because God doesn't change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You know, if Jesus was living on earth today, performing these amazing miracles and healing the sick, raising people from the dead, feeding the, the hungry of this world, which there are many. You know, he'd still have a huge following, like he did on that first Palm Sunday, a huge following. And the crowd would still cheer him on, just like they did that first Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago. Today, especially with his radical teaching, his oratory skills, people would flock to him to hear him. And many would believe he would be the tremendous political leader who was going to save them and solve all their problems, all the problems of the world. They believe he'd be a great political, the greatest ruler that could ever be, that has ever lived, even today. The one they'd been waiting for, for so long, to put things right, because this world is in a mess. Have you come to that conclusion? This world is in a mess. But then this is not heaven. This is not heaven. Far from it. A total opposite. They would flock to hear him. Try to get a glimpse of him. Have great expectations from him. To be their new political leader. It's going to solve all the world's problems. Going to solve all their problems. And so it was on that first Palm Sunday. They gladly accepted Jesus as their new political ruler that would rule and reign, set up his kingdom right there in Jerusalem. They really believed that. But would they accept him as their personal savior? No. They didn't want to accept the gift that the Father gave to them, his only begotten Son. What about you? Have you accepted God's greatest gift, his Son, Jesus Christ? Have you received him as your own personal Savior? It's, a, it's an individual personal choice. Have you done it? See, there's no middle ground with Jesus. There's no gray area. And there's no sitting on the fence with Jesus. He said, you're either for me or against me. There's no middle ground. And if you're outside of Christ, then you're opposed to Christ. You either take the Son the gift of the Son, or you reject him. Just like so many did in that crowd. Less than a week later, 
Now, we can't have it both ways. Jesus said, you can't have two masters. Who's your master? Who do you serve? Which side are you on? Today, if you haven't done so already, you can make the choice, and it's the right choice. It's the best choice. It's the best choice that anybody can ever make in their entire life because it's going to affect where you will spend eternity. The Lord's side. Call upon his name. Ask him to forgive you because you're a sinner. Ask him to forgive you of your sins so that you can secure a home in heaven. You don't have to put a down payment on your mansion. There'll be one waiting for you. You won't have to mow the lawns. Don't have to do any raking. Call upon his name. And when you die physically, which you will, you'll receive eternal life by receiving Jesus Christ, who is the life, who came into this world to die for you, a sinner. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. So, Father, thank you for reminding us the main reason why Jesus did come into this uh, Jerusalem on that day, the first Palm Sunday. He wasn't to set up his kingdom one day he will. He's promised to do that, to come back, and he'll rule and reign as the King of kings and the Lord of laws. But the first time he came, he came to die and suffer on that cross, that cruel, rugged cross, and shed his blood for us, the sinless Lamb of God, who opened not his mouth, and allowed sinners to crucify him and nail him to that cross and despitefully uh, abuse him and mock him. But he did that, even the ones that nailed him and jeered at him. He still loved them, knowing. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They were crucifying the Lord of glory. And I hope and pray, those of you that have listened to this message, that do not resist the Holy Spirit, who God is seeking to save you. Do not resist what he is trying to do, to give you eternal life so you won't have to suffer in hell, but to rejoice in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413 624 Hope to see you soon. God bless.